0: Welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your adults-only guide to independent sex professionals with Aussie escort Georgie Wolfe. This episode is a bit of a bonus for this month. Basically, back in December, I was a guest on a podcast called Somebody You Love, run by Jenna Love and Holly Hart, two sex industry professionals in Australia. I had a great conversation with Jenna about the things I think clients could be doing better to have better experiences with their workers. So we talked about some common client mistakes, discussed the phenomenon known as drop that can happen after a booking, and also touched on some of the dangers of the relationship escalator for more experienced regular clients. It was a great chat, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you'd like to learn more about the Somebody You Love podcast, I've put a link to the show in the show notes for this episode, and I'd really encourage you to go and check them out and have a listen, because it's a really amazing show that dives into some really entertaining and informative aspects of the sex industry. Before we dive in, here are our regular disclaimers. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. It's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And lastly, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your workers' advice. Hello
1: listeners, before we get stuck into today's episode, I'd just like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which we are recording. As usual, I'm on Darug and Gundungurra land, and I've got Georgie calling in from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Now, Holly is currently in the middle of unpacking a house full of boxes, so she's left me on my own this week. Except I'm not on my own, I do have Georgie Wolf here. Georgie is a writer, educator and escort based in Melbourne, Australia. She wrote the book The Art of the Hookup and produced a podcast by the same name, both of which focus on practical strategies for casual sex and online dating. Georgie's most recent endeavour is The Satisfaction Project – a site that shares sex-positive and shame-free advice, teaching communication, consent and safer sex skills that allow clients to make the most of their encounters with hands-on sex professionals while treating them with kindness and respect. She is also the host of the Satisfaction Project podcast where she interviews a fantastic variety of sex industry professionals, including yours truly. Hey, Georgie, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having this chat.
1: Yeah, my absolute pleasure. It's sort of been a little while in the works. We knew we wanted to have you on and then the stars aligned and here you are. So that is brilliant.
0: I feel like having the stars aligned is a miracle given the last couple of years. So good on you. You're doing well. True. The stars have not Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was thinking when I was reading out your your little bio there that you are such a... I don't want to use the word entrepreneur because that's just sort of an overused word, but I feel like you've always got something on the go, you know. You're always coming up with with new things and new ways of delivering important messages, and I think that's very cool.
0: I'm really, really bad at sitting still, really bad. Yeah. And I'm really bad at just doing one thing at a time. It has to be ten things, and they all have to be really hard things, or I'm not happy. Yeah, yes. Pun (laughs) intended. Alrighty, here at
1: Somebody You Love, we are big fans of origin stories. We always ask this question, can you please tell us how you got started in the industry and sort of how you came to be where you are now?
0: I guess I can sort of tell many different versions of this story depending on which bits I would like to emphasise. But look, to be honest, I've always kind of grown up around sex workers. So from since I was 18 or 19, hanging out in the club scene in Sydney, hanging out in the kink scene in Sydney, a lot of the people I was hanging out with were sex workers and kink workers. Um, You know, I played with people who are super experienced kink pros and it was such such not a big deal, I guess, that I just kind of went, okay, you know, this is a thing people do and this is cool. And then um, when I moved to Melbourne uh, about 12 years ago, I was having a lot of trouble finding a job and I was living in a 20-person dorm backpacker Hostel and I was going down to Brunswick Street in Fitzroy to Bimbo's for $5 pizza. Any local will know that spot. It's not around anymore, but you could basically get like limitless slices of pizza for five bucks or whatever. And it was my oh, lifeline. Fantastic. So staying in a 20 person dorm, $5 pizza, running out of money, like couldn't find a job. It was really depressing. And then I just happened to run into one of my old friends who won't just go to a brothel shift. And I, I sort of went, oh, is it, is it that simple? And she's like, yeah, um, just give it a go. If you don't like it, then don't do it again, which is really good advice in life for many things. Yeah, Try everything yeah. once or almost everything. So I did. I literally called the nearest place on Google Maps, which just ha- turned out to be a really nice place just just by luck. It oh. was great. Female, female run. Yeah, you got lucky. I did, right? Super supportive. Went in. They were like, hooray, here's the couch. Off you go. And then they introduced me to some of the regular clients and the other people who are working there were really good and helped me out with beginner stuff and gave me a lot of really useful tips. And it was actually just a really good way to get started. I don't know if I'd do very well um, if I'd gone straight into independent escorting and everyone's different in how they learn and what previous life experience they have. But I think I really needed that advice. It was really good advice. It was really nice to have that support. So that worked really well for me. And then one day I was doing a shift in the brothel and a couple came in saying that they were looking for a um, a worker to visit them at their hotel, and that's not something that the brothel actually did. They didn't do out calls for their workers. But my friend, the receptionist, just sort of went, why don't you just take their number and do it on the sly? I promise I won't tell anyone. (laughs) And so I did. So my first escorting job was a threesome and it was amazing oh it was so delightful also they were both just so beautiful and so gorgeous and they were really into vintage lingerie the lady was really into vintage lingerie had this beautiful classic 50s style look and she was just lovely and we had the best threesome ever and after that I'm like whoa (laughs) I made like three times as much money and I had a hot threesome and it was fucking awesome like as if I'm not going to keep doing this
1: yeah so
0: then then I was off that was it that's so great I've
1: really liked that somebody said to you, well, why don't you do a brothel shift and see whether you like it? Because I feel like there's this perception that you have sex for money once and you're you're ruined. You know, it'll change your whole perspective in life and you'll never be the same. And, you know, there's all oh, there's so much right. fear around it. And I've got a friend who, you know, recently started and we've been doing a lot of doubles together to get her started. And after every booking, I just keep sort of saying, how do you feel now? Has your soul Gone to the devil, are you okay? <laughs> are you questioning everything you you're gonna joke about it? But it's like, well, see how you go, and she's loving it,
0: so great. And if she wasn't, mm-hmm. then she doesn't do it again. You know what you this know? is? Like, this is that idea around sex, particularly when it comes to women, that once you give it away, you can't get it back. Oh, you better not lose your virginity because you can never take that back. It's like, as if I'd want to mm. fucking take it back. And then yeah. things like, oh, you'd better not do that sexy thing with that dude because they, they might, or that, or that chick, or that person, or whatever, because they might think badly of you, or like, and then you can't take it back, and you'll be a slut forever. It's like, well, yeah. maybe I just want to be a slut forever. Let's just cross that line. But also, you can, mm. you know, you can experiment with sex stuff and go, oh, that was probably a poor choice, or I didn't really like it. it doesn't mean you've suddenly condemned yourself to being like bad. It's really awful. And this idea that if you, yeah. you know, you do sex work once, you're, you'll just be soiled or something. I don't, I just don't get it. No, it's a uh,
1: yeah, and, and as you said, yeah, it's connected to to much broader mores and, and um, concepts of sex in general. It's not it's not just sex work.
0: Oh no, you push you push the button. I'm ranting now. It's all just ranting. Yeah, good, go go go. This is the point. <laughs> like, can you imagine? And like, obviously, there's there's a lot of gendered stuff around this, right? And I'm sure that there'll be exceptions to this. I'm sure that that um, malpresenting sex workers get shamed in a whole load of other ways too. But that whole kind of like um, you know, could you imagine a bloke getting paid to have sex for money and then telling his mates and then afterwards they're like, "But do you feel dead on the inside now? Yes, yes. Like I just yes. don't think it would happen, <laughs> right? It's really yep. weird. And again, like that's not a blanket statement. There'll be there are ways that all sex workers are shamed for doing their jobs and there are ways yep. that totally cross gender lines and there are specific shames that fall on specific genders. But I just mm-hmm. that whole thing about having a, you know, being a, a cheek or being female presenting or being AFAB or having a vajayjay and having people go, Well, you better not put shit in there because you might just be permanently <laughs> broken, just doesn't make any yeah. sense.
1: No, it doesn't. Cause you take it out again.
0: If it doesn't you know, come you out, things you've in got there a problem.
1: You... Exactly. Absolutely. Don't be leaving shit in there for days. <laughs> That's how you get TSS. What goes in must know. come
0: out as a pretty good
1: principle when it applies to your genitalia. So tell us, why do you think somebody should hire an adult industry professional?
0: Okay, so I kind of feel like most... I know you won't feel this way. I kind of feel like people who don't have experience with the sex industry, which obviously won't be a lot of people listening to your podcast, think that, you know, you see a sex worker to pay them to have sex with you and then they they go away and that's all it is. It's just about coming or getting off and then uh, that it's just about your genitals. Like it's kind of I didn't realise when I started that sex work is so much more. It's more than just sex, but even when it is sex, it's not just about intercourse and even when it's about intercourse, it's not necessarily about coming. Like that's not the thing often that people are really there for. Often they're there for connection or to feel good about themselves or to have a great conversation or, you know, feel validated or feel sexy. Like there are so many reasons and I really wish that people were more attuned to what was possible because I feel like a lot of people who decide to go see a sex worker for the first time, particularly a hands-on sex worker, right, so an escort or a brothel worker, are kind of like, well, I guess I'll just go and get laid and it'll kind of suck and it'll feel weird and awkward and it'll never get better than that because it's seeing a sex worker, of course, like that's all you get out of it. And then they're missing out on all the other stuff that they could be getting and experiencing by sort of reducing it down just to that kind of shitty exchange. Totally. And
1: I know, I, I imagine it's so daunting the first time you visit a sex worker, right? Like whenever I have clients that it's it's their first time, I, I hope I'm not coming across as patronising, but I'm always like, fuck yeah, good on you, high five, like, because I just think that's probably a really daunting, big step. And you have swooped in, swooped in, swooped. swoop. What is the word? Swoop. I don't think it's swoop. <laughs> but you have you've come in and you've put together a guide for exactly that situation which is called getting started with escorts. Anyone can access it for free by going to satisfactionproject.com which will be linked in the show notes. What I really liked about this is that you cover what happens after the booking because I think that that's something people often don't think about and don't prepare for. It's all the build up, it's all getting there but then afterwards is actually a really is something you need to prepare for as well for a lot of people, maybe not everyone. so could you share with us some of your top tips for for managing your feelings, yeah how, yeah, how you feel after a booking
0: and this is a really good point too, because like yeah, like focusing on getting offers being the main reason you see a sex worker, nobody thinks about what happens afterwards, like how do you leave? How do you feel? How do they feel? Have you left them in a good state? Have you treated them well? Do you wake up the next day and gone? Uh, you know, I'm going to hell now, like what happens? And look, <laughs> this is something that I've learned from my time in the kink scene. We have this thing called drop. And basically the idea is that when you have a really intense experience, whether it's a kinky experience, getting, you know, tied up or getting into that kind of stuff, or whether it's a really intense sexual experience, or maybe it's just like bungee jumping or whatever, or doing extreme sports or whatever gets your adrenaline up and gets all those happy chemicals going in your brain, it means that our brains get a bit out of whack. And then sometimes a day or two later, we don't have any happier left and so we start to feel depressed or scattered or down on ourselves. And I actually think this might be the reason why people sometimes say sex is bad for you. Um, Because obviously we have a lot of cultural stuff around that. But then also if you have a really good sex, and then the next day you wake up and you feel like shit, you might assume that you're feeling guilt and remorse over what you've done, whereas really your brain is just missing those happy chemicals and it takes a while for your brain to build back up into its original state. So this is what we call drop in the kink scene and it's something we we look out for. Like if you play with someone, you have a really intense kinky scene, then you say, okay, like what do we do tomorrow? Like do you experience drop? What are you going to need? What kind of aftercare are you going to need? And we prepare for it. Sometimes people put it in their calendars to remind themselves like, hey, you feeling shit right now? It's not because the world is terrible. It's just because you've got drop. Mm-hmm. And then after a day or two it kind of passes. But nobody else seems to reference this stuff and I'm amazed because it totally applies to sex too. And then a lot of clients have been telling me that they feel really depressed afterwards and wondering why, you know, thinking that they might be too attached to their escort or, you know, super lonely. And I'm like, yeah, it could be those things or it could just be drop. And it'll pass, and they're like, "Huh," oh, and that's really cool to know. Yeah, it is once you name it. I find whenever I am having a difficult time
1: emotionally, once I know the reason, that gets me fifty percent better straight away. Because right. I just go, "Oh, okay, it's cool. The world isn't ending. I've just this is what this is what I am experiencing." It's not
0: that life is shit. No, it's just that you feel like shit, and that passes.
1: And you've just run out of all the amazingness because you've had such greatness, which is which is lovely and should be
0: celebrated. And maybe a good sign.
1: Yeah. We have a term in the theatre world called post-show blues, which is PSB, and it's exactly the same because you have such intense experiences. You're with this group of people. You are performing, whether the show runs for a few days or a month or whatever, every night you're getting together, you're going on stage. It's such a high, incredibly difficult to get to sleep that night. Adrenaline. Yeah. Yes. And your body just, it's, it's a physical thing. Um, and then you get post-show blues afterwards cause you're suddenly not seeing these people that you've, you've had all this intensity with and it's all over. And it, it is really, whenever we get new people come into the environment, we, we tell them to watch out for it. You know, we give them a heads up that by the way, next week you are going to crash and that's cool. But, and I think that's, yeah, right? I, I think you are so spot on for including it, particularly uh, in, in the sex industry because, frankly,
0: I think we we provide some really fucking amazing experiences, so it's, it's likely to happen. It's disappointing. Like it's such a big hump for clients to get over, especially new people seeing sex workers like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be really scary and I'm going to do it and psyching yourself up and, and really doing your best and putting so much into it. And then just crashing afterwards and wondering if what you've done wrong. And the the fact is you haven't done anything wrong. And in fact, it may be a sign that you've done everything right because you've focused on the whole thing and, you know, put all that effort and attention on it and had a really excellent experience. And it means that all those emotions have kind of been, you know, sucked out. It's going to take a little while to come back to, you know, normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that's a great way of framing it, much more positive way of looking at it. So Georgie, what would you say are the three biggest mistakes or most common mistakes you see clients of sex workers making?
0: Okay, so I've got three but two of them are kind of the same mistake but just taken to different extremes and uh, it depends, right, whether you're a new client or whether you're an experienced client. I see two entirely different mistakes depending on that level of experience. So if if someone's a super new client, their mistake I see most often and I'm sure a lot of workers relate to this is just not understanding that it's a service. So in this can go two ways. Either someone assumes that because they're paying a sex worker it's like ordering a pizza and they don't actually need to speak to us like people. So you'll get messages like, I need you to be at this room in five minutes. And I'm like, hello, what is your name? And they're like, you don't need my name. And I'm like, hmm, we're not going to get along, mate. And then they're really puzzled (laughs) because they thought it was just a matter of, you know, calling up and, Uber Eats Hooker. Am I allowed to say hooker on this show? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, great. So it's not like <laughs> calling an Uber. You do have to introduce yourself and just put a little bit of effort into establishing that um, professional and personal connection. But then it can go to the other, other extreme too where people who are inexperienced with escorts don't, don't treat it like a service at all. And instead of getting in touch and saying, hey, I'd like to see you at this time for this long, they're just like, hey, what you up to? Um, I'm I'm kind of like is this a is this a wrong number or you know why did you message me I'm confused but they're trying to start the conversation the same way they would with their mates or have a bit of banter the same way they would with someone they matched with on Tinder because they don't realise that in fact it is a service and you do need to treat your professional like a professional and actually say hey you know this is my name here's what I want here's when I would like it can you do that can we have a conversation so it's finding that kind of balance between. You know, treating a worker like a person, but not treating them like they're a mate you've known for 10 years, you know, because that doesn't work either. You still need to be professional. So I guess it is kind of the same problem from two mm, different angles. But two extremes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It is often, it's that familiarity a lot of the time. Like the, a lot of messages I get, you know, I've got no message history with this person. And I go, oh, is this someone I've seen that's changed numbers or something? Because it just seems like they're chatting to a mate. Right. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know who you are. You, they're, hey, how you doing tonight? And I'm like, uh, mm, what?
0: Okay, I don't know. I'm on the couch with my husband. Is that what are you doing? I don't like. It's just very <laughs> strange. <laughs> I guess the biggest thing that I want from a new client is to understand that they understand the nature of the exchange. That they understand I'm a human being. That they understand that I need certain information from them, and that it is a professional service. But that I also expect to be treated well. And if they can. Get that across within the first message, then I'm relaxed because I know that they know they get it. They know how this works. Mm. But if they're a bit mm. like too familiar, or if they're sending like sexy, you know, descriptions of what they want to do, or if they're like, you avail five minutes, uh, you know, thirty minutes, fifty bucks, or whatever, then I know that they <laughs> don't really understand how this works. So that's a bit of a red flag. Like I do want to be seeing clients who've done enough research that I know they're going to be okay to be around. I wonder if you get this, Georgia.
1: I often get clients who. Apologize for having done a lot of research. They'll say, what? Oh, I read your whole website. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a stalker. And I'm like, that's why I put it out there. And that's the kind of person I am. Before I do things, I, I do the research. And and I I think because you and I, you know, we both do put a lot of information out there, we probably attract clients who, who do like that sort of thing. And I love that. I'm like, you're my favorite kind of person because that's the kind of person I am. And That's awesome. Right? Yeah, I think they they worry that they're coming across as stalkery or something.
0: I have a client who actually keeps a dossier, and this is going to sound a little bit odd. He keeps Mm. a dossier (laughs) on the the workers he sees where he records their birthdays, their favourite drink, you know, those little details, and it's not because he's weird or creepy or anything like that. It's because he is so conscientious and doesn't trust himself to remember those details. He writes them down. It's a very uh right brain right brain left brain it's a very something brain approach that i absolutely yeah. <laughs> understand and vibe with um like yeah, yeah you know keep those records if you care about someone sometimes the way that you care is by remembering those things um and if your brain won't do it for you use a spreadsheet yeah i love and a lot of a lot of sex workers do that
1: you know right. a lot of us Keep track of, of little things like that. I'm terrible at it. So don't expect me to remember anything important about your lives. Sorry. <laughs> sometimes I can't remember what day it is, to be honest. I, I exactly. do struggle. <laughs> um and I think sometimes it's maybe about how that information comes out that could be perceived as creepy. Like if you you know, if somebody says, Oh, my dad said this, and they go, Oh yes, because your father is there. And you're like, Whoa, okay. Oh hold my god. On. That's something I mentioned. Years ago, once, that's very, very specific, you know, right. but, but things like. Things that are relevant.
0: like Things that are relevant you know, and, and things that we put out there. And, dietary yeah. needs, favourite foods, gifts people like to receive, what they like to drink, the thing you talked about last time that was really fun so that you can have that conversation again, things that are relevant to your time together, not what their father yeah. does for a living or whether their family <laughs> knows that they do sex work. Like that's that starts to get a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about experienced clients. And I've met some amazing experienced clients who are just lovely and have all their shit together. And there are still certain things that creep up, I find. And the biggest one is what I call getting on the relationship escalator. So if you have been seeing a worker for a while and you found someone that you have a really good vibe with and you get along with them and then you start to have bookings with them, you see them on the regular, you start to become closer as you do because, you know, when you see someone repeatedly, of course, you're going to get to know them better and you're both going to start to be more yourselves around each other. It's just part of the process. But then what I do find is that a lot of us are trained to think of all relationships and particularly sexual relationships as things that should be on a really fixed escalating path. So, you know, you meet someone that you think is hot, so you try and ask them on a date. You go on a date with them, then you try and get with them, you get with them, then you try and date them. Once you try and date them, then you need to move in with them, then you need to, you know, propose, then you need to pop out babies or whatever. And this is super hetero obviously too. But that assumption that if you like someone and if it's working, it has to escalate can really get in the way for escort clients um, because what happens is they're like, oh, I really like this person and I, I feel like my feelings are getting bigger. That means that we should spend more time together or they should give me more, more time or they should give me more attention. Otherwise it means that they're not reciprocating my feelings. But, of course, an escort is never going to be able to escalate the relationship uh, the way that a normal romantic relationship does. Um, If you try and do that, it just blows up. It stresses out your worker. They feel like you're demanding things from them rather than just enjoying your time together. You really need to find a way to keep those emotions on an even level and not expect things to escalate. So the way that I see a lot of long-term professional relationships with escorts blowing up is clients that just not deliberately get super attached and then start to feel gypped because their escort isn't reciprocating their feelings and takes it really hard and then becomes maybe a little more demanding of their time and attention or a little more needy emotionally needy and the whole thing just starts to fall apart and it's awful because you had something good you had something good and you just had to hang on to it just by keeping keeping things on a nice even keel you know isn't that this one of the saddest things when we get when we have a
1: great client who just fucks it up for themselves. It's awful, and it's not (laughs) even their
0: fault often because we don't learn this stuff. Like no one teaches us how to manage our feelings and our relationships consciously. We just expect that they should work somehow magically, but of course they don't. So I really feel for clients where that that shit does happen uh, because often it's kind of like it's not something that they know how to handle, you know?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. As you said, it's a very hetero worldview and it's also a very monogamous worldview, Mm -hmm. I think, and... Being someone who's quite open about being poly and, and open in terms of relationships, I, I find you've just got me thinking. I've just started thinking now that you're, you're saying this and I, I love this whole concept because I find a lot of the time what people who subscribe to monogamy, which I don't see anything wrong with, what they struggle to grasp is, well, if you're dating someone else – what happens when you want to get married to them and then you want to have babies together? And I don't see my relationships that way. I don't. I don't see them as as escalating or following a particular path. And it, you know, they go, "Oh, what if?" Okay, but if you love someone else, then does that mean where's that relationship? It's not going anywhere.
0: I'm just loving that person, and I'm loving this. How person. How can you escalate all those relationships at once? That's not going to work. It's like, well, like- <laughs> well we're not we're not. Es- I actually stole the relationship no. escalator concept from polyamory, so that's it's totally a polyamory oh. thing. Yeah, yeah, there you
1: go. I'm
0: glad I've just <laughs> discovered it in a really roundabout way. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm solo poly, sorry, solo polyam, which means that I don't believe in escalating my intimate relationships. I'm like, whatever we want to do together, we'll do. But uh, I don't want to move in with anyone. Like, I'm happy how I am. Like, let's just stick to what we enjoy and not feel the need to to push things somewhere where they may or may not go. And that's a really good principle for relationships whether they're romantic or sexual or not, but it's also a really good principle for seeing sex workers. You don't push things where they don't want to go because that never goes well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we do that with our friends, don't we? We don't expect our friendships to, ne- I mean, some of them may well escalate, but we don't necessarily, you know, become friends with someone and expect it to have these milestones no. and first get closer and closer. And, and if we
0: do, it's usually a bit of a red flag, like a friend that demands you spend yeah. more and more time with them and gets resentful of your other friends. We would see that as problem, right? So it's weird that we don't see our romantic partners at our clients. We we don't see that as being as big a problem. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Oh, you've blown my mind a little bit. I love thinking about new new concepts. New concepts for me. I know they're not new concepts for
0: the world, but oh. very cool. Thank you, George. Oh, you're welcome. I love talking um, about this stuff. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're, oh you're bloody great. sex and relationship nerd.
1: Yeah, I love
0: that. I started lecturing the bloke, at my barista in my local cafe about good relationships the other day because he made some reference to his girlfriend. And so I'm like, tell me more about that. Have you thought about doing this and this and this? And he's like, oh. <laughs>
1: I love that. I, I feel like I'm, yeah, a bit of a relationship nerd as well. It's something that I, I just find fascinating and interesting mm. and there's so many ways of thinking about it. And right. It's great. So I know, like, you're doing some little surveys and things. You're always researching, always finding out new information. I saw on Twitter the other day you are uh, – trying to find out what what clients worry about when they go to sex workers. Yeah,
0: we did this survey and it's still running. It'll be running to the end of the year. Just asking clients all these different questions, kind of like customer satisfaction. You know, how happy are are you with your experiences with sex workers? And one of the questions was, do you worry um, about what your sex worker thinks of you? And a lot of people said yes. And then I was sorry that I hadn't asked a more specific question because I'm like, what are you Mm. worrying about, folks? I'd I'd love to know. Hmm. What what are there other kind of common
1: concerns that you hear from, from clients?
0: Definitely screwing it up. So that's another one that came up in the survey. A lot of people or a majority of people, even though a majority of clients who answered said, I feel that I'm very confident as a client and I feel that I know the etiquette as a, as a client, a lot of them also said I'm really nervous about doing or saying something wrong and fucking things up and making things awkward. So it's really interesting that, you know, uh, people can be super experienced um, and know, know the rules and know what to do but still have this kind of like low level of worry like, oh, but what, what if I make a mistake? That would suck. What if it ruins the mood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is a big one. I like you talk about
1: in your getting started guide that, you know, it's so great to learn all of this and to, to do your research and prepare. But at the end of the day, we are the professionals and, you know, we are going to guide you through the process and mistakes are fine. And I think it's really hard. You know, I know that a lot of, a lot of the listeners of our podcast, Holly and I both have had many, many clients come to us going, was it me that you were talking about that time? Did I do this wrong? I think I did that once. And, oh, you know, no. we're constantly reassuring them that if, if we still are seeing you, then you're good. Yeah. Because the occasional mistake or, you know, saying a wrong word or saying, you know, we know, we're all human beings and we know, you know, if if you accidentally say the P word or, or hooker or something, you know, we go, yep, that's cool. We live in a society where those words are used and that's fine. If somebody starts, you know, throwing slurs at us obviously that's a different story but all the little little missteps with etiquette you know coming out of the shower and using the wrong towel or whatever it is it's all fine we don't actually you know we don't go oh fuck this i don't want to have sex with you anymore like it's <laughs> it's cool we're just trying to you know to help and
0: yeah i feel so like it doesn't surprise me <laughs> i feel like sex worker twitter can kind of sometimes be a bit unhelpful in this in this regard because yeah. of course we love to complain about things that have gone wrong because, you know, that's what social media is for. But I feel like sometimes clients feel like do it like seeing a worker is this minefield of shit. I'd better not do that and I'd better not use the wrong towel and I'd better not say hey in my message and, like, they're filing away all these little don'ts and there are very little do's. So I try really hard to give mm. the do's. Like do plan, yeah. then relax do do your best but don't beat yourself up too much rather than just saying remember this 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 and these 10 things because that's it's really hard when you're in a stressful situation and when you're naked to remember the 20 mm-hmm. things you know at some point you have to actually relax and trust your worker and go with the flow right yeah and enjoy yourself right that, that is the whole point mm-hmm. it's like some of my favorite
1: subreddits are um there's like tales from retail tales from the front desk tales from the pizza guy and they're oh. all industry specific workers complaining right and they're just you know talking about idiotic customers and what it's like working in customer service so i I see yeah and it's you know some of the stories are very funny and some of them are very baffling and you go what the fuck was that customer thinking and i think that sex worker twitter can be quite similar to that and you know i i don't have any issue with anyone having a whinge about their job sometimes we just gotta every job absolutely every job has its shit parts Mm -hmm. and has its shit customers but I guess the issue is that it's so personal. Like I don't know if that many people care if they're, what their pizza guy thinks of them or they don't necessarily care what, you know, the person taking your order at, at the grocery store, what they necessarily care about you. But your sex so
0: worker's I- seeing you naked. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. that's hard. It's hard to yeah. take criticism from someone mm. that's seen, seen you without your pants on. It's a very personal thing. Yeah, yeah. and
1: seeing you naked beyond the physical. Right. As well. Em- emotionally yeah. as
0: well, emotionally vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I think that's where there's a bit of tension there because I think sex workers like anyone absolutely have a right to complain but I also understand that our clients are giving a lot of themselves to us as we are to them Mm. and then uh, you know as a result that often leads to our emotions and our responses to things being quite heightened too and I think that needs to be taken into consideration because um, you know the job is as intimate for us as it Right. It can be as intimate for us as it can be for clients. So and it's good for
0: clients to um, keep in mind that if they're worried about being criticised or judged or that their bodies aren't good enough or that they pull weird orgasm faces, like these are things <laughs> we worry about too. You oh, know? And 100%. If a cl- right? And if a client says something judgmental or awful to us about our bodies or whatever, yeah, that's going to, you know, we are getting intimate with that person and, yeah, it can be really impactful as well. Like, yeah, it's good to keep in mind. It goes both ways.
1: Yeah, massively. I mean, those of us who have shot porn, we know what our awful orgasm faces look like. We're very aware of it. Thank you for your service. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I find that that interesting. They never expect us to be self-conscious about things, and we absolutely are. We Mm -hmm. have to project an image of confidence Mm. because, you know, being self-conscious about your body or the way you look or the way you do things, it's not the sexiest marketing strategy. So we we put right. out this, you know, yeah. I mean, I get comments all the time, people from all over the world saying, oh, you've given me so much body confidence and that's fucking amazing. And they say, you know, because I'm not skinny, I'm a curvier girl. And, and they say, oh, it's so great how you love your body. I don't fucking love my body. I have a very troubled relationship with my body and that's not, you know, it just is what it is a lot of us do. Right. And people are very very surprised to hear that because I I'm naked all over the internet. So it doesn't it doesn't kind of correlate. But, you know, that's a whole psychology session for that is time. interesting right
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and people do assume because you're sexually liberated or because you're mm-hmm. comfortable getting naked in front of people that you've solved all your problems but that isn't the case like you mm-hmm. know as sex workers we struggle with horphobia, we struggle with body image mm-hmm. stuff and I'm aware that also clients struggle with body image stuff and with their own sex negativity, like everyone's struggling with this stuff. It's just that, you mm-hmm. know, if I'm holding the space for someone, you're not going to see that because my focus is on making the, safe, the space safe for you and looking after mm-hmm. your emotional needs. And that's part of the service that you're paying for. But yeah, you know, I'm a human exactly. being too. All that stuff is there.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think you've, you've really nailed it there that a lot of I find it quite therapeutic for me because... Sex work means I've got to put my own thoughts and concerns to an extent to the side because it's not about me. I've got to, yeah, hold space for someone else. Mm. And so that can actually be. I mean, yeah, I don't I wouldn't recommend sex work as therapy necessarily, but there can be some some positives that we can Mm. get out of it in that sense.
0: Well, like any any kind of job that you're into or any activity you're into that gets you into flow state where you're really just concentrating in the moment and doing something you're good at can be really therapeutic because it takes you out of your, you know, thought patterns or your misery if you're having a bad day and you just concentrate on something you're good at. So, yeah, that applies to a lot of stuff, I think, just depending on the person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Love that. I need to interrupt this podcast for a second to remind you about something really important. I'm recording this on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. It is stolen land, and I'd like to acknowledge that to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening.
1: Alrighty, so whenever we have a guest, we do ask our patrons if they have any questions for the guest. So we have a couple for you today. This is a big one. I hate answering this question. I don't know how you'll go.
0: I like difficult questions.
1: Okay. What has been the most rewarding experience of your career in the adult industry?
0: The most rewarding out of all? Like I've been doing this for 12 years. Just bear with me for a moment while I just replay my 12 years of hookering. Oh my God. I've had so many awesome things happen. So many, like, you know, those moments where you're coming home from a job and you're like, did that, did that really just happen? Like, fuck these things, you know, I'm so glad I do this. I think my favorite stuff, and it's a generalization, it's not a specific incident. I just, I love helping people open up their relationships. I love seeing couples for their first threesome. And I've had Everything from amazing orgasmic experiences where they were like, oh, my God, I'm so glad we did this. We're doing this many more times in the future. I can't believe we never, you know, tried non-monogamy before now to difficult experiences where someone cried or had to stop and then we talked about it and there was a lot of learning there. Mm. You know, some of my favourite experiences have been with couples where halfway through one, one or both of them starts crying, goes, stop, I can't take this, and then we stop and we talk about you know, how they're feeling and they they realise things that they didn't know before and it makes their relationship deeper because they got to talk about some of this stuff that came up and it's just it's so cool because I'm such a sex and relationships nerd. I just love helping people work that stuff out. So I think, yeah, they're having a really good threesome and I can remember a couple where couples have just gone, oh, my God, we were so nervous and now we are so into this and we are going to just go out there and we're going to shag a whole lot of people like this is fucking awesome. And you know that they went home and fucked again. Oh, my God. Or as soon as I left, right? Yeah. And then I get, you know, and then I get messages from them for months afterwards saying, hey, so we're seeing this person. Would you just um, give us a reference? Or, hey, we're going to our first swingers party or whatever. And they're just off.
1: It's great. Yeah, I love that. I love it. it's interesting the um the crying because it's not it's not entirely unusual for us to have clients who have difficult feelings who mm-hmm. have trauma who who will you know cry or or need to stop what's happening and of course we are not licensed psychologists and and that's no there's you know, a limit to that but there is a limit to it but it's so and I I I've, I was just thinking about it a few experiences I've had with couples where it's been quite similar and they are always so apologetic. And I think it's so. I'm so grateful that they are able to be vulnerable with me. There, they've let, especially in a in a couple situation, they've let me into their relationship, and then, and not just in a physical sense. Emotionally, they've they've let me in, and it's so the trust that they've put in me. You know, to like, I just feel like that is so huge. Mm. And I I don't want to say I like it when clients cry, but <laughs>
0: I like making but, my clients yeah. cry.
1: Yeah. But it's 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 that real intimacy, isn't it? And and I think that and that's, learning,
0: yeah, 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 it's really great. We we kind of make out that every sexual experience has to be amazing and mind blowing and perfect, or it's not on. But actually, ones that are difficult in a way that we want them to be, or ways that are useful, not people doing shitty things to us, like yeah, that they can be really rewarding.
1: Okay, our final question for you is is crucial, is very very important, Georgie. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite ice cream flavor?
0: Nobody has ever asked me that before. Thank you. Really? Yes, I feel really good about that. So, it is mint choc chip. Oh, a classic. Mm. Now I feel
1: like ice cream. Thank you. Mm, me too. And my my body doesn't like ice cream, but I oh, but my mouth does. My mouth mm. likes a lot of things. One of my partners, that is his online dating opening line, actually. My mouth likes a lot of things. So that's the (laughs) first interaction. That's also (laughs) true. (laughs) But no, our first interaction was him asking me what my favourite ice cream flavour was. And I think it's a really great opener. It is. I quite like it. It's better than hay. Exactly. Much better much better right. and it's fun it's light but you know so and I like my favorite is I just I'm a sucker for vanilla ice cream with mix-in I like, oh. like mix-ins I like the texture mm. and I feel like that sums me up sexually and romantically as well
0: bit of texture so it's a good
1: segue bit of texture vanilla with texture so you like cold rock then
0: you have cold rock oh in. yes love, love it So good. yes so good
1: love that stuff big fan big fan <laughs>
0: cool Good that we've got that out there. Important. Mm. Important. Don't forget that we have an online membership program. Membership gives you access to videos on our website that show you how to have incredible experiences with sex workers. We even have a private Twitter feed so that you can connect with your fellow sexual adventurers. To become a member, visit satisfactionproject.com and hit the sign-up button.
1: All righty, it's time for Shit People Say, and we uh, I think Georgie's got... story for us so tell us a story
0: all right this is random okay Okay. so
1: good ideal I'm
0: I'm in far north Queensland about eight to ten years ago for the solar eclipse I was at this giant festival in far north Queensland for for two weeks I think I lived in a tent in 45 degree heat and then we saw the eclipse and we you know danced around and stuff as you do but anyway of course so each, um, there were thousands of people at this festival, like 10,000 people. So we were divided into little camps of tents and each camp had a camp supervisor who was someone a bit more experienced with camping because it was real hot, like people dehydrated all over mm. the place. It was a little bit, mm. it was pretty, um, pretty hard going.
1: That's like those sweat lodges that cults have.
0: Right, except it was it's dry heat. not like heat. that, but oh, you're all okay, just that's good. lying that's under, the, under yeah. their trees in as little as, as possible just swinging water during the day, trying not to die. Mm, so this, mm. is, I think this is where this came from. So my camp manager, you know, everyone from our little camp is lying under trees in as little as possible, trying not to overheat. And, you know, we'd all talk to each other about what we did and stuff, and I was pretty new to sex work, so I'm like, yeah, you know, I do escorting, blah, 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 and, you know, everyone's like, oh, interesting, because people do tend to say, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all a bunch of hippies they are lovely people, so no judgement there. Oh, really nice. But then about a week in, hanging out during the day with the camp manager and he's like, hmm, so sex work. And I went, yeah. And he's like, so I was thinking that maybe we could. And I went, dude, in a tent in 45 degree heat in far north Queensland? Like that's not how I work, mate. Is there a five-star hotel nearby? I actually don't just go to five past two, but I laid it on a bit. I'm like do you have a five-star hotel and some makeup and heels and are you going to send me an email so I can screen you properly? Because I don't think you work. it doesn't work how you think it works. And he was like, oh. And there's so many people around. Yeah, yeah, but also I think he just assumed that a sex worker was just someone that you could get to have sex with you by handing them money and it was just about getting the sex and you could Mm. get it in the back of a car or, you know, or mm. in a tent, and no shade to anyone who does. By the way, like wherever we choose to work is fine. But I'm like, dude, like it's like if a surgeon was in far north Queensland partying <laughs> for the solar eclipse, and you're like, oh, why are you here? Do you reckon you could just <laughs> like just cut out this little bit of a mole I've got going on? And he's like, mate, um, do you mind? It was pretty funny. So he was super taken aback because he thought he could just wander up and offer me some money and that I would fuck anyone for money under any circumstances. Mm. And Mm. I was surprised by that too. Mm, mm. It's
1: that misinformation. I mean I talk about that all the time that so many people think that A, we will do anything.
0: It's, It's sort of a
1: name your price situation. Right,
0: that whole joke about painting your back fence. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There's this thing going around on the internet where some bloke, some bloke's like, well, I don't really want to have to paint my back fence. Can I just get some some hookers and get to pay them to paint the fence? Like the implication being that you can pay a sex worker to do anything for the right amount of money or something. Yeah. Oh god, I'm not painting your fucking fence. I don't like physical labour. No.
1: No. Oh. Every, look, everyone has their things, right? And it's also, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like this is another mistake potential clients make. I think is assuming that we are desperate, for lack of a, a better word, that mm. we that we will put up with anything because we're at yes. the bottom of the rung, yes, and because we we need the money. And uh, you know, of course, there are some sex workers who do need the money. Just like there are people in all industries who who need the money. Mm-hmm. But there's a real joy in turning down those people that just never expect that you they could possibly be turned down by a you know a hooker,
0: right? But it's also it's it's upsetting. That Whole saying, like, couldn't get a root in a brothel. There are actually people mm. who can't get a root in a brothel, and usually, oh, there's lots of them, right? There's tons, yeah. and it's usually around assuming that you can just wander in, that how you act or behave, or how you present, or whether you've washed doesn't matter, and that because you're paying, the customer is always right. And that that's not going to get you super far in the sex industry, nope, not at all. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Georgie. Thanks I for always having me. have a
1: fantastic time when I talk to you. I just think, ah, oh, you're just full of good stuff you got good stuff to 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 talk and to write about and I Same love it. about
0: you mate we always have awesome oh, chats it's great
1: yeah yeah and then get sidetracked and and then poor mr love has to cut a whole bunch of stuff out but, oh, well, <laughs> sorry mr that's what love he's there
0: for. <laughs> at least it's not painting someone's fence <laughs> yeah
1: he's nodding he would yeah <laughs> um thanks so much i'll talk to you some other time bye
0: Yay. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become an expert client, head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com for more articles, your questions answered, and exclusive member-only content. After all, wise clients are the best clients. Stick with us and you'll be well on your way to having those peak experiences with sex workers that make life worth living.